Thanks for joining us at Warehouse Church. We would love for you to stay connected, and a great way for you to do that is to simply subscribe to this podcast. You can also stay connected throughout the week by checking out our website, warehousechurch.com, or by visiting our Facebook or Instagram pages. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. We are glad that you are with us today at Warehouse Church. We have had such a great past few weeks. Two weeks ago, we had celebrated Easter Sunday. It was our largest attended Sunday since January of 2020. Remember 2020, the year that never happened? And then this past week, we celebrated baptisms. If you have not seen them, go onto our Facebook page. We had three young people baptized on Sunday. We're so excited about that. Had other people sign up. We've had 18 people saved over the past two weeks, and we celebrate that as we honor our Lord Jesus Christ this morning. We're continuing our series called The Greatest Ever, and I've called today's talk The Greatest Responsibility. Many of you remember the movie called Saving Private Ryan. I'm gonna tell you something today that's gonna kind of blow your mind. Saving Private Ryan came out in 1998. That's 23 years ago. Yes, I just said something to make us all feel old, but the movie was such a powerful movie about World War II. Of course, you know, all the great uh, videoing and, and pictures and all the unbelievable scenes from the Normandy beach. I don't know if there was ever a scene that was in a movie that was that real uh, on, on the Normandy Day in, uh, invasion that day when, of course, the United States landed. But the story starts off by... Uh, showing some mil- a military office. It was in the United States during World War II. And uh, there were two commanding officers, probably a general and a colonel or something like that. And they started to talk about this guy, Ryan, Private Ryan, who had brothers who were killed. And he was the last surviving member of his family. And then the older guy, probably the general, said, I want to read you this letter and it was called the Bixby Letter. And it really is a letter. It was written on November 21st, 1864. And here's how the letter goes. Dear Madam, this letter was written by Abraham Lincoln. I have been shown in the files of the War Department a statement of Adjunct General of Massachusetts that you are the mother of five sons who have died gloriously on the field of battle. I feel how weak and fruitless must be any words of mine which should attempt to beguile you from the grief of a loss so overwhelming. But I cannot refrain from tendering to you the consolation that may be found in the thanks of the Republic that they died to save. I pray that our Heavenly Father may assuage the anguish of your bereavement and leave you only with a cherished memory of your loved ones that are lost and the solemn pride that must be yours to have laid so costly a sacrifice upon the altar of freedom. Yours sincerely and respectfully, Abraham Lincoln. See, Saving Private Ryan, although I'm sure there were some dramatic parts of that movie, really is a story about a family called the Nyland family, the Nyland brothers. There was Edward, Preston, Robert, and Frederick, and they were from uh, uh, Tonawanda, New York. And there was, this really did happen where they sent somebody in to get this guy. Now, if you look at the movie, very dramatic, very well done. Tom Hanks plays this guy named Captain Miller, and he's on a quest. He's got a band of guys that he traveled all throughout Normandy to get to 
Private Ryan. They winded up finding him. And then the very last battle at the end, of course, Private Ryan lives, but Captain Miller, Tom Hanks' um, character dies. And at the very end of the movie, <clears throat> it was Matt Damon that played him. And if you haven't seen it, you need to watch it. It's a really good movie. But it shows Matt Damon through, you know, great cinematography effect, go from being young to being old, standing in front of the grave of Captain Miller in the United States military uh, graveyard over in Europe. And he's standing there, and he says to his wife, have I earned this? Have I been a good man, right? And it's a very, very compelling story, and it really does. There's a big sense of patriotic <clears throat> pride that goes through our hearts, and thanksgiving for the men that laid their lives down so that we could have the freedoms uh, that we have today. But really the point of the story is not just about Private Ryan himself, but about this very, very important, and you know what, these guys that were called to be part of this little band of brothers to go find Private Ryan and get him home, some of them died along the way just to find Private Ryan to get him home. They were given a very specific task and a very specific job, um, and they use one of those old, old army adages, ours is not to question why, ours is just to do or die. And I want you to think about that because it really is, has some modern day applications for us today. As we consider the greatest responsibility we have that's tied into the last words of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 28, Jesus said this, Jesus came to them and said, all authority, in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe all things I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always, even until the end of the age. In the book of Mark, it's recorded, Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whosoever does not believe will be condemned. And then at the last, it's recorded, of course, in the order of the Bible that we have it today, in Acts chapter one and verse number eight, just before Jesus ascends up into heaven, he has his disciples and small group of followers there that day. He says, you're gonna receive power when the Holy Spirit comes to you, and you will be witnesses, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. So we see these last words of Jesus Christ giving us our responsibility, right? You think about Easter Sunday, we talked about the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. He is alive. We celebrated that he is alive. But church, we, don't, we need to understand, we don't just talk about Easter on Easter Sunday, we talk about the resurrection a lot. Because the resurrection of Jesus Christ compels us to take the responsibility of getting that message of salvation, of redemption, of restoring people to God, to as many people as we can in our lifetime. To give you a summary of what I'm gonna to talk to you about today, the greatest responsibility that we have in our lives, to listen, I have a lot of responsibilities. I'm a father, I'm a husband, excuse me, I'm a husband first, I'm a father, I'm a grandfather, I'm a friend, I'm a neighbor, I have a lot of responsibilities in my life, but there's no responsibility that I have which is greater than sharing with people the gospel of Jesus Christ. So what big responsibility did Jesus give us to do or, or ask us to take on when he left this world? Number one, share the gospel with everybody. Now you may read this and a lot of people have read this and interpret it to be 
that when Jesus gave this call of us to go to the ends of the world, that this is basically for missionaries or basically for full-time Christian workers. Church, it's for everybody. In Mark 16, 15, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all of creation. Everybody that exists in the world needs to have an opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's our responsibility to communicate the gospel to everybody. What is the gospel? What are we telling people? What did Jesus want us to share? In 1 Corinthians 15, it says, for what I have received, this is Paul speaking these words, I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, that he was buried and rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Romans 10, 14, it says, how then can they uh, call on the one that they don't believe in? And how can they believe in the person they haven't even heard of? And how can they hear without somebody preaching or telling them this good news of Jesus Christ? We have a responsibility. Now, you may say to yourself, well, you know, religion is kind of a personal thing and we've kind of let the political landscape of our country today merge us into this thought that, well, to be politically correct, we really shouldn't push our belief system on people. Listen, we're not trying to get people to be Baptist, Episcopal, Catholic, Lutheran, Methodist, or any other denomination that claims that they talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ. We wanna see people enter into a personal relationship with Jesus so that they can be forgiven and saved and live eternally with him. We have a responsibility. But I think sometimes we look at that responsibility and say, well, you know, I've got, I had somebody say this to me a couple weeks ago. I'd invite somebody to church, but I've got too much stuff going on in my life that I need to make right first. Or I'd invite people to come to my house for life group, but I'm just not ready to do that. I'm not ready to do that. And you know what we really have become, church? The kings of excuses. We make excuses. I read the greatest post on Facebook last week, and I love this, and I don't wanna be aggressive with people that aren't ready to come back to church because of COVID, and I don't want anybody to think I'm trying to hurt their feelings, but this is what it said. Church ought to be the thing that we do. I'm gonna gonna say this the right way. Church ought to be the thing that we're doing that we're canceling other events for instead of vice versa. You see, it's very easy to, I'm not gonna go to church because of this, or I'm not gonna go to church because of that, or I need a day of rest this week, right? Whatever reason it is, and this, listen, this message isn't just about coming to church. Please understand that. It's about your personal walk with Jesus Christ being so important and such a centerpiece of your life that you, like the disciples in Acts chapter four, it says this in verse number 20, we cannot stop talking about the things that we've seen and heard. You think about a big event that takes place in your life. You go to Disney World, you go on a cruise, you want a great vacation. Kim and I do that. I put a picture of her and I up this week uh, at a baseball game because American Airlines says, send us a picture from your vacation and we're gonna enter you in so you can win all kinds of miles and others. So you do the hashtag uh, American Airlines number 40 or something like that and I put a picture of us up there. And we all do that. We, we go on vacations, we have a good time. And what do we do? We talk about them because you really didn't go on vacation if your pictures aren't on Facebook or Instagram, right? We just know that that's true. So we put our pictures up and everybody's like, oh, you guys have the greatest marriage and you're so lucky and you're so blessed. And I know that we are. But all those, we love telling people the good things that happen in our lives. 
Our pool looks great. We got this fixed. Look how great our backyard looks. We did this in our house. Look at these beautiful cookies that I made, right? We share all those things that are good news, right? But how about the greatest news that you've ever heard in your life, that Jesus is alive, he wants to save you, he wants to forgive you, and he wants to be a part of your life. Is, is it that compelling of a message to us in our lives that we can't stop talking about the things that we've seen and heard of God? The first big responsibility that Jesus told us in this passage of scripture is, we have to share the gospel with everybody. On May the 30th, Sunday, we're gonna have a big day where we're gonna invite our community, our friends to come to church. We're gonna have a big barbecue after church, bounce houses, we're gonna do a water dunk tank to raise money for camp. We're gonna have all kind of fun and games here after church. We're trying to do all this stuff to get you to invite your friends and neighbors to church because we wanna tell them about Jesus. We wanna help you tell them about Jesus because we have a responsibility to share the gospel with everybody. The second responsibility that Jesus gave us as part of this triple threat, if you will, is we have a responsibility to baptize all people that enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He says in Matthew 28, go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter two, verse 38, Peter says this, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The picture of baptisms in Romans chapter six and verse number four. We were therefore buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ, and this is how we baptize people, was raised up from the dead to the glory of the Father, we too, we too may live a new life. I baptized somebody last week, a young man in our church named Dakota, had a bad limb, so I was really careful about getting him down into the water and I lowered him and I just didn't get him down low enough, so I had to do it again because it's a picture of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And why do we baptize people? First of all, Jesus commands us to baptize. Baptism is an outward expression of an inward relationship you have. Listen, if you've never been baptized, that doesn't mean you're not saved, but here's what it does mean. If you are, do get baptized after you've accepted Christ as your savior. This is an infant baptism. This is you making a conscious decision to identify with Jesus and his church. When you get baptized, you know what you're doing? Obeying God. And you know what God does to you when you obey him? He blesses you. He's gonna bless you with influence. He's gonna bless you. And I'm not gonna say there's gonna be a million bucks sitting at your door today because you get baptized. I'm gonna tell you this. There are blessings that we can't even understand sometimes that God gives us in our lives when we obey him. And I wanna strongly encourage you. We're gonna baptize. Next baptism we're doing is on Sunday, May the 30th. And if you've never been biblically baptized, and biblically baptized means that, listen, if your parents baptized you as a kid, they were dedicating you and promising God to raise you to know Christ as Savior. Once you've made that decision to make Jesus Christ your personal Savior, you have a responsibility to identify with him, his death, his burial, and his resurrection, his church, so that you could tell your whole community and your family, I am a follower of Jesus. We say this all the time, when you get baptized, you put your jersey on for Jesus. You're telling everybody whose team you're on, Team Jesus. Baptism is a beautiful expression 
of your love for God, your commitment to him, and we wanna celebrate that with you. So if you've never been baptized, May the 30th on Sunday, right after our church service, we're gonna have a big party outside, and we want you to be a part of that very special day. But Jesus told us to do that. That's part of our responsibility as a church to baptize. And if you've never been baptized, it's your responsibility to get baptized. So that's something that's important in your life. Right across the bottom of the screen, you'll see our email, hello at warehousechurch.com. You email us and we'll get you information to be part of that special day on May the 30th. But here's the third thing. First of all, Jesus tells us to share the gospel with everybody in the Great Commission. Second thing he tells us to do is baptize all believers. And here's the third thing he says to us. Disciple those who receive Christ as Savior. Matthew chapter 28, 19 to 20, it says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And this is the key part of this passage for discipleship. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always, even until the end of the age. When I was a young man, I talk about this all the time. My father had me working in his small grocery store, uh, hoagie shop, super duper Philly vibe inside of that store, right? We had the, the coffee crew and, the, and, and the, the blue collar workers came in the morning to get their lunch. We had a huge, huge lunch crowd. We had a big, big, big dinner crowd. We even had a, a, a senior citizen center down the street from our church that started their shift at 11 o'clock. So at 10.30 at night, we'd have 15 people in line buying two, three hoagies apiece. It was a very, very busy store. And my dad would tell me all the time, when I was, you're gonna work at the store someday. You're gonna work at the store. But you know when I learned how to work in my dad's store? You know when I learned how to slice meat off of a Burkle slicer and clean and chop lettuce and chop onions when he showed me how to do it and we did those things together. And I had to get better at it. So how did I get better at it? Him overseeing me, him watching me. Hey, you gotta have the blade a little tighter. You gotta make sure you don't cut a roll like this with another. There's so many things that he taught me how to do when we had our shop. But the best way that I learned was watching him do it and then doing it myself. Church, that's what discipleship is is us coming alongside of somebody, not just giving them a book of curriculum and say, hey, read this, and once you read this and fill out all the empty spaces, you will be a disciple of Jesus Christ. You learn how to follow Jesus Christ by following people that follow him. And we've gotta be bringing people along. We have a young man at our church that just started working for us part-time that our youth pastor Johnny's working with, and I told Johnny there's no greater time for you to disciple this young man because he is watching you. You could speak words of life into him. You could speak words of encouragement. You could speak things from scripture into his life. When you're mopping the floor, when you're cleaning the bathroom, when you're having lunch afterwards, the discipleship is not just sitting down with a book, it's a lifestyle of teaching people to follow you as you follow Christ, like Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, chapter one. Here's the thing, church. Jesus gave everything for you to have a relationship with him. And here's what he says to us. Go tell people about it. That's our big responsibility. We have been given this unbelievable gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And our expectation isn't not 
We read stories in the New Testament where people sold all of their stuff in the beginning of the book of Acts just so they could send people to the ends of the world to tell their family members and people that lived in foreign countries this story of Jesus' death, burial, and re- they gave everything. Listen, you're not gonna hear a message like that in our church that we need to give everything to send people to the uttermost parts of the world. But you know what we do need to do? We need to be actively reaching people with the gospel, talking to them and encouraging them and celebrating them when they get baptized and then coming alongside of them, mentoring them, loving them, encouraging them. Listen, church, standing with them when they hear the gospel so that they could see it lived out in our lives every single day. This is not a encouragement for you to live perfect in front of other people because you're not gonna be able to do that. But what you are gonna do is be able to teach them these truths and people that you disciple, they watch you live these truths out every day. What a responsibility Jesus has given. Listen, you know what he could have done? He could have died on the cross for the sins of humanity and wiped out everybody and ended the human race that day. He could have done that. He could have done that before he even died and said, you know what, these people are unbelievers. They're wicked, they're perverse. They're turning their back on me. They don't believe in me. What's, what's the purpose of this all anyway? No, he said, I see a need that they have and I am gonna take care of it. I'm gonna lay my life down so that everybody can have a relationship with me. And how were they here? Without that word preacher, That word preacher means people that are going and telling. How will they hear, here's the bottom line. How will they hear the gospel without you? I know I'm a preacher. I'm supposed to say these things, right? But here's the truth. There are people in your life that I'll never see and meet or or even cross paths with that you will. You know what I get to do every single Sunday? And this is something I love about our church. Every Sunday. I can't even remember the last time that we had a service where we didn't have first-time visitors. But you know where our first-time visitors come from 99% of the time? When people in our church invite their family and friends to be here. We had a lot of visitors Sunday because the people we got baptized brought their family to see it. We had a ton of visitors on Easter Sunday because people invited their friends to come to church on Easter Sunday. Why? Just to have somebody to sit next to? No, so that they can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's their way of sharing with us and us coming together as a community, sharing that responsibility to get the gospel to the ends of the world. Will you share in that responsibility today? Tell somebody about Jesus. Invite them to church. Invite them to something we're doing for outreach. Tell them about Jesus. Let them see he's a big part of your life. Let's take this responsibility, church, and own it. You have a job to do. And when we get old, just like that dude did in Saving Private Ryan, and we're looking out at our life and we're reflecting, did we earn it? Let me answer that question for you. No. There's nothing we can do that ever puts us in a place where we've deserved what Jesus done for us. But what we can say is, have I shown him gratitude? The greatest way you could show Jesus your love and gratitude is keep telling people about what he has done for you. Let's pray today. Father, we love you, we thank you. We thank you for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to understand this responsibility own this responsibility and make it part of our daily lives. Help us be like the disciples in Acts chapter four where we can't stop talking about the things that you have said and the things that you have done. 
We love you. We honor you. We thank you for everybody that's watching with us today. Lord, help us to be a testimony face-to-face to our neighbors, on our social media, throwing out invites all of the time, reposting this church service so people can hear this message of Jesus Christ. Help us to be faithful witnesses to what you did for us. And we do that because we honor you, we believe in you, we thank you, we need you so desperately today. Let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer, we pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody say it with me. Give me some amens online today. Amen, 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 amen. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Make sure you take note of some announcements we have coming up in regards to May, Mother's Day, Memorial Day, summer camp, lots of stuff going on here at Warehouse Church that we hope that you will make a part of your life today. Let us know if this message has been an encouragement to you. Reach out to us today, either in this thread during the message or through email to hello at warehousechurch.com. Thanks for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again soon.